Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out Five Reasons YouTube channel before floor, an hour before every Heat game. Post up five hour hosted by Royal Shepherd. As soon as the heat game ends and plenty of content during the week, you want to make sure you hit the like and subscribe button because we cover everything in South Florida sports. And tomorrow or Monday, if you're listening to this on Monday today, uh, we're going to have Norris Cole on Dono Daily. So make sure you check that out. Hit the subscribe button so you get all of the content. Also, five reasonsports.com, the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk, always there, including a full Celtics heat preview, which we're going to discuss tonight. And we do not have a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. And that includes our friends over at you break wheel fix. That's you break wheel That's where you can find them or you break. That's with a letter. U. Uh, you break wheel fix on Instagram. This is the big three of wheel services, the repair, the refinish and the custom wheel specialist. They offer again, that big three over 20 years of experience. They repair the damaged wheels from curb rash cracks or bends all under one roof with in-house powder coating, CNC machining and polishing. And that roof, uh, it's a little bit bigger now. They've moved. They got so much business. I like to think it's because of us, uh, but they've got so much business that they actually had to move to a new location in North Miami. Also, it's now at, uh, it's right off of Northeast 18th Avenue East and Northeast 143rd Street. If you're familiar with that area, it's across from the city of North Miami Public Works. But give them a call. You'll find them 305 748 0112. 305 748 0112. Or again, go to you break wheel Mention five reasons you will get a discount. Reach out to Mark and all the good people there. Again, it's you break wheel fix on social media and you break wheel fix.com. And now, tonight's episode. Down to yeah, uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. We had to get the whole crew together tonight because the Eastern Conference Finals is set. It is the same Eastern Conference Finals. As we saw in 2020, there is no excuse from other NBA fans that this was played in a bubble. It was played with road crowds. The Boston Celtics beat the Milwaukee Bucks. No Chris Middleton, but still a significant achievement. They got the game seven at home, and I know how people feel about the Celtics, but I have respect for them in this regard. They didn't duck anybody. Unlike the Bucks, who spent the last week positioning to avoid the hapless Nets, which we told you all season the Nets were hapless, uh, the Celtics played for the top seed that they could get, which was the second seed that gave them home court advantage in the Eastern conference finals, excuse me, the Eastern conference playoffs against Milwaukee. And that paid off 
today. So basically, uh, the Celtics advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Heat. The Heat, of course, are the number one seed. So games one and two will be in FTX Arena on Tuesday and Thursday night. Alex Brady and myself will all be there for games one and two. So the floor plan tonight, first, everybody should be reading Brady's article. We're going to play off of that a little bit. We're going to get into what key members of the Heat need to do in this series to win this series, and then we'll finish it off with a prediction. I'm going to be speaking to Mark Jones after practice on Monday. We're going to put that on the podcast feed. He's going to be covering this series for ESPN Radio. I know he's a favorite of a lot of you. He's been on the podcast before. And also, as I mentioned, Norris Cole is going to be on Dono Daily, and I believe Alex and I are going to join Alex Dono on that tomorrow at 3 o'clock or Monday at 3 o'clock. So plenty of content coming, but let's just start here, guys. This is the series, okay, that I don't know that Heat fans necessarily wanted because I feel like they wanted revenge against Milwaukee, but it is the appropriate series. Since Pat Riley took over in Miami and since Danny Ainge took over in Boston, of course, he's no longer there. These two teams have reached the most Eastern Conference Finals. Um, The only team that's been up there with them has been Cleveland, and I don't even credit that to Cleveland. That's just LeBron. Miami has now made uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, this is now the fifth time in their history without LeBron. Uh, And and so this is, you know, it's not all LeBron. And and I think we've seen that, too. And I think when you look at this, Greg, and I'll start with you here before we start to get into some of the players. I mean, there's just a great rivalry. I mean, it's taken a pause at times. But, I mean, you have, I mean, we're going to talk to Norris. You have LeBron dunking on Jason Terry's head. You have LeBron in game six up there. You have uh, you know, Paul Pierce sucks chance. You have uh, the BAM uh, block of Tatum. You have Eric Spolster's, you know, second playoff series against Boston, which didn't go so well. His first playoff series against Boston was second overall because they lost to Atlanta the previous year, after which Dwayne Wade said, I need help. I was in that building, okay, at TD Garden when he said that. And, of course, he got the help of LeBron James and Chris Bosh right after that. This is a significant rivalry, um, and I think it's going to be a great series. This series will help the Eastern Conference and the NBA in general with matchups that have happened year over year and start to build some equity amongst themselves because you remember these two teams were in the conference finals in 2020. I think that also Miami's dynamic with Milwaukee and now Milwaukee's dynamic with Boston makes for an interesting mix in the Eastern Conference go forward. So I think that that is really good. And to your point, um, I think everyone was pointing at Milwaukee as who they kind of were aiming for. Cause we were all subconsciously thinking that was going to be the matchup. So inevitably like, let's start to figure out how we feel about a matchup that we thought was coming and it didn't. And I have to tell you like Boston, the way they lost game five in on their home floor to Milwaukee and they rebounded. That's the kind of grit that gets you through to win championships. So this is going to absolutely be the biggest test that Miami has seen to date. I'm excited to talk about it because there's so many elements to this series that are so different than the last one, but I think this is the last thing. And then I'll, I'll let you uh, tee it up for Alex and Brady to get into X's and O's, et cetera. Um, This is the other thing. Remember that NBA futures article that came out recently and they ranked them and they ESPN brings in a bunch of folks to, uh, to talk about, you know, to like kind of compile the rankings. Miami was, was second. And I think, everybody would kind of off the top of their head, put Boston in that category of having the best futures when you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So I think the other cool thing about this, Ethan, is that 
it has the potential to become something that goes on further than just this season. So I think that all of that just makes for an intriguing matchup. Yeah, I think that what the Celtics showed, and I know Heat fans hate the Celtics. I think it's more about the fans and the players. They, they hate the Celtic fans. Used to be both. Used to be both. But I think this is a more likable team, right? Like, I mean, I, I know people sort of skewered me on Twitter for saying this, but I'm going to put Marcus Smart to the side because I hate everything about the way that he sells fouls and flops into space and all the rest of that. Um, but Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to me are likable stars. Um, and, and I think, I think, you know, I have a lot of respect for both of them and, and they are going to be a problem for a long time because the issue was, could they play together or were they just taking turns and something clicked? I mean, you got to give them credit. The last 40 games of the season, they were the best team in basketball, like by record. Okay. And and that is significant. And, and we don't know how the Phoenix game thing's going to play out because that's going on as we're podcasting. Um, but they've sustained it in a way that Phoenix has had some difficulty sustaining and Phoenix may get bounced tonight. We'll see. So I, I'm, we're going to pivot though, to the matchups. We'll talk more narratives. I'm sure with, with Mark and, and with Norris over the next couple of days. Uh, but I'm going to start here with Jimmy Butler, because this is the head of the snake for the Miami heat. There's no question about this. Uh, the way he's performed in, in the playoffs so far, you can definitely argue that of everybody left. It, I mean, him and Tatum, I think are probably and Luca. We'll see what happens tonight if they if they advance. Uh, have been kind of head and tails above everybody. Obviously, Giannis is out now, and and his numbers are ridiculous. And he had a tremendous playoffs, even though uh, it fell short. But it starts with Jimmy, and this is a series. And I'll let either of you guys, I'll let Alex and Brady, jump in on this. This is a series that we have said could be tailor made for Jimmy in a way that the Milwaukee series would not have been. Is is that is that fair, Alex? I don't know about that. Um, I haven't really given much thought to it. What I what I did say today earlier on, uh, there, there was a heat spaces that I was listening in on, uh, was that I thought the Bucks matchup, uh, specifically when healthy, but even without Middleton, uh, I was looking at them like the tougher individual matchups for Bam and Jimmy because of what we saw last year with uh, Giannis and Brooke also adding in Drew, adding in the possible... Uh, Middleton appearance, but as far as the Celtics, I think they're the type of team that makes things harder on the Heat trying to run their actions. Now, the Heat are still going to, you know, do those things. They're going to run a, a lot of the, the, the same actions that have gotten them here and the stuff that they've done in other playoff runs. But um, I just think the Celtics, because of kind of having no defensive holes, being, I think, this year's version of what the Raptors were when they won the title, as far as, like, not having any defensive holes, I, they're the best defensive team left. So, you know, as even if I think Bam and Jimmy would, you know, are, are have would have tougher tougher individual matches versus the Bucks, the Celtics are the best defense left for the Heat to play. So it's going to be a real test, like Leif was saying, and uh, it feels like a lot of the the talking heads are already leaning Celtics on this. It feels like people have been kind of uh, leaning that way since uh, the second half of the season because for some reason the second half of the season uh, just matters so 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 much when it comes to evaluating playoffs I don't know why it's always a thing every year is like judging a team uh, judging playoffs uh, and, and predicting stuff based on who was the hottest team at the at the second half of the season it's like I don't think I've never thought that was a good indicator but if these teams are extremely similar after doing a kind of a deep dive on on their statistical profile they are very similar like i'm not going to get into it right now but there's very few things where they differ at so it's it's going to be an ugly series uh when you look at low scores every game most likely but it really feels like a like a coin toss at this point 
How does this work for Jimmy Brady? Yeah, I think I'm more on the stage of saying that Boston favored him a lot more than Milwaukee, just for the reason of the way Milwaukee uh, blocks off the rim. I said before game seven, I feel like hero is more favored by Milwaukee and Jimmy's more favored by Boston. And even hero hinted at that a little bit of practice today where he was kind of like one of the coverages uh, I think fit me a little bit more. And that clearly is in Boston, but we'll get into that when we get there, Jimmy, I think he can get his points no matter what. Like I think a lot of the more not to go crazy into the Milwaukee part, but I think a lot of that is getting kind of overwhelmed by the fact of what happened last year. Like Jimmy can still operate and do his thing. He's a superstar in this league. But with Boston, it's just more of the feeling of being able to hunt switches. Okay, They're, they don't have any holes defensively, but you can find a smaller guy on the floor like a Derek White and put him on your back and get in low posts. Like that's the type of stuff uh, that you can't really do against the Milwaukee because as soon as you put a smaller guy on your back, you turn around, there's Brooke Lopez, there's Giannis Antetokounmpo. So uh, I think there's ways that he can operate other than the obvious of just kind of getting to the rim, uh, the jumper, everything like that. I think one of the smaller schematic kind of switches is going to be for him to be used as a screener a lot more or something I talked about. Uh, it just feels obvious because of the way they switch. And I know everybody always says the best way to be a switch is a slip. Uh, it's a little bit harder without Kyle Lowry, because I was looking at the last time Miami played Boston. A lot of that was Lowry Butler pick and rolls. And it was Lowry lobbing it over the top to Jimmy and Jimmy was getting easy uh, buckets down low. The question I think for me is, can Gabe Vincent make that pass consistently? Like that's going to be a question I think in this series, unless they put the ball in somebody else's hands, I don't really know what that's going to be. But if Gabe Vincent can make that pass, it makes things like a whole lot easier because I think that's where Jimmy's going to be used a ton uh, other than the obvious things. I think defensively um, he's still, I know we'll get there and then kind of talk about the defensive stuff anyway, but I think he'll probably be guarding Jalen Brown a lot of the time. And it, as much as he's going to be used as a freelancer, he's going to have to guard straight up and fight through screens and a lot of this uh, so I think a lot of this is the obvious that we know we're going to get from Jimmy Butler and you kind of know what you're going to get from Jason Tatum. Even if there's a little bit of inefficiency thrown in there, you know what you're getting from both of these guys. That's why I kind of feel like as more we go down this line of players for the heat, I just feel like those are kind of the more important guys because those are the guys that I feel like can flip back and forth. And I just want to set the stage here with a little bit of context compared to the 2020 series. So there are 10 players between the two teams that played some role in that series. Okay. The heat had some guys who were, uh, you know, like Gabe Vincent was with the heat at that time, but didn't play a role in that series. So if you take a look at it, there are four guys on the heat, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler hero, and Duncan Robinson. And we will see what Duncan's role may be on the Celtic side. It's Tatum. It's Brown. It's smart. It's Tice who left and came back was reacquired and the two Williamses um, who played sort of reduced roles in that series. Tice played more of a role than either Williams. So, so you have 10 guys. We're going to talk a little about Kyle Lowry because as we're sort of speaking of him as he's not going to play. And, and our information is that he will not play game one. Um, that's not official yet. I'm going to be at practice on Monday. We may get more of an indication, but I, I don't, they're not going to rush him. And I don't think they need to, but there may be times in this series where if he was healthy, he would prove valuable as I think Brady is talking about here. Um, but just to put into context, these teams know each other fairly well from that series because the core guys, I mean, the main guys are, are still there. Somebody who is not there. And, and I want to touch on this a little bit, because you mentioned there's nearly nobody to hunt on a switch. If my recollection is correct, Brady, two years ago, they hunted Kemba Walker. Um, 
and, and you know, I, because I mean, Kemba came in with a knee injury. He was he was largely ineffective on both ends, but particularly defensively. So before we move on to the BAM thing here, the absence of Kemba, the fact that they basically plugged Marcus Smart in as a full-time point guard and they don't go very deep. We're going to get into that, but they're not small anywhere, right? I mean, that that's the thing. So, so are, are without Kemba, are they huntable in any way? I think they're huntable. Like I said, in the fact that I don't think Jimmy needs a weak defender on him. I just think he needs a smaller defender. And it was always, we talked about link kind of bothering him. Uh, it was just more the fact that when he could play bully ball, it's just a lot different. Uh, and we could say that also for Miami as well, because we were talking about losing a weaker defender and putting in a better defender inside the lineup. We could say that for Kyle Lowry. We could say that for Gabe Vincent in comparison to Goran Dragic, who was obviously incredible in that run. But defensively, these two teams are pretty much aligned all the way through, even with the changes that have been made up to this point. Uh, but to your question, I do feel like there's still advantages there. I think uh, especially like – I, I saw Greg, you said they played seven. If Peyton Pritchard is on the floor – Jimmy Butler needs the ball in his hands. And I think a lot of this is we look at a lot of these matchups, like five on fives in reality, especially with this heat team, there's going to be so many, uh, I, they're going to, I think restrict minutes a little bit now that we're in the Eastern conference finals, but there's still going to be depth being used that they're going to be able to uh, have these times. And Peyton Pritchard just had a really big game is, are they going to shelve him after having a big game seven heading into the Eastern conference finals? I'm not so sure about that. And I think, that's kind of my thing. There's going to be advantages with smaller guys, but not to fully put this podcast on Peyton Pritchard slander, but like give Jimmy Butler the ball and set a screen because get him on Jimmy Butler. All right. We're going to talk about Bam in a second. One of the issues they have is without playing Peyton Pritchard, they don't have a lot of other wings and guards to go to. So, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll discuss that and kind of the minutes that are being played. It reminds me a little bit of the way that doc used to use his Celtics players. Adoka is kind of using, his guys that way. We will get into the coaching matchup in the last part of the podcast. Before we do, Brady's appearances here are sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein. He's a personal injury attorney. You can find him at Ask About Me. I got you. That's right. Ask About Me. I got you on Instagram. He describes himself as a stretch for uh, that might be a bit of a stretch. I gave him a little bit of a hard time for that, but you can reach out to Eric if you've got any kind of personal injury issues, that's car accidents, slip and falls, medical malpractice, and more. He's a huge Miami Heat fan. Mostly he does a great job for his clients. Okay, graduated magna cum laude from St. Thomas University right down here in Miami. He grew up in a personal injury law family. He knows how to get you what you need. So give him a call at 954-829-ERIC. That's 954-829-ERIC. That's for Eric with a C at the end, not a K like Spolstra. Or on Instagram at askaboutme. I got you and help or let him help you get your money. All right, let's get to the next guy here. And it's a different conversation than we would have been having in the Milwaukee series, guys. Um, we've been pointing towards the Bucks all year for Bam Adebayo. But of course, Bam Adebayo had his signature moment of his career against the Boston Celtics, which was the block of Jason Tatum. Although there was almost another signature moment today because Brooke Lopez somehow got Jason Tatum today. And I don't know how that happened because Brooke has the slowest feet in the league, but somehow managed to block Tatum. But the Bam, Bam, Bam block was a little more spectacular. Um, I think that coming out of this last series, they're just watching what he did defensively the last three games and a little bit of uptick in aggressiveness that I think Bam's gotten some of the fans off his back. But, you know, 
Daniel Tice plays now, but he doesn't play as much as consistently. I don't know that that matchup is a wash. Remember that from two years ago, but Robert Williams plays more now. Uh, He's a much better player than he was before. And we saw with Grant Williams today that, I mean, if he shoots 23s, he's going to make some. So so they have an interesting collection uh, of bigs, Greg. I mean, it's not, it, it, it's not like it was a couple of years ago where again, the Williamses were kind of raw and, and they were really playing mostly ties. Yeah. And I would expect Robert Williams who actually didn't play tonight. There was a, I think he was available, but for some mm-hmm. reason he, they didn't go to him. I would expect that he will get an elevated role in the next round. So to your point that, that really gives them then eight and Horford and, and Horford. Horford. Yeah. He's been and, rejuvenated and, who I should have mentioned at the top. Absolutely, which I think uh, that'll be an interesting matchup, but Bam should also have an advantage there. I I think that there's likely going to be – I'm interested to see the way that they manage Jimmy, Bam, and PJ on the defensive end and who defends who. And and Brady and Alex probably already have that locked and loaded and ready to go, but I'm interested to see how that unfolds because – there's just some interesting elements there of how they shut Boston down from getting to what they want to do. And, uh, and the PJ Tucker factor, the more I watched that last series and the way that it ended, um, boy, am I happy that we got PJ Tucker going into the Eastern conference finals. I'll just say that. Well, I think Boston was happy. He wasn't playing on Milwaukee in this last series and now they got to deal with him now. Um, Alex, when you look at bam, who's the big that he can most exploit? Of the four question. that they may play, that's a good question. Um, definitely, you know, Tice. That's the easiest one, and I think after that, it's probably Grant Williams if you're throwing him in there, uh, just because of the size stuff. I think Tice is too slow. Uh, I have a lot of respect for what Horford and Rob Williams can do, and that's why I don't think he's going to have the same sort of uh, series where he's standing out offensively, maybe as much as he did on Boston. And Brady already alluded to part of that as far as the pick and roll attack, where without Kyle, that pick and roll attack just, uh, you know, isn't as potent. And as much respect I have for Gabe and his kind of improved uh, ball handling and improved, uh, you know, passing, I-, I think Kyle is just a little bit more ahead when it comes to being an advanced passer, making advanced reads uh, quicker. So uh, Brady mentioned in his article that there's going to be times where uh, Kyle's probably going to be in Gabe's ear about making the pass to Jimmy when Jimmy is used as a screener, the Celtics switch and uh, Jimmy is slipping. I think it's a similar thing as far as Kyle being in Gabe's ear, telling Gabe to, you know, make sure to hit bam on those lobs when he can, because uh, when Horford is out there defending drop, because uh, and Brady also pointed this out in his article, great article, by the way, like always, but uh, they will see some drop in this, in this matchup, maybe uh, specifically when Horford and Tice are out there. Right. And those guys are going to play a lot of minutes and, you know, they switch a lot, but in those times where they're seeing drop, they got to take advantage. And I think, you know, there's a lot of things about this matchup to go through, to dig through. But um, I think just looking at it from a perspective of Bam needing to be the guy who was again is a little bit simplistic because they're they're This team is just a lot better uh, defensively than I think they were specifically down low. Right. Like, I don't think they're going to be able to be taken advantage of the same way they were um in that series so you know bam and tyler specifically i think have a lot to prove this series uh with or without kyle i think that's fair and that, that's we're gonna get into tyler next because i'm with you on that um brady the, the bam's compliment up front all year has been pj tucker the ability to switch everything um the ability to have each other's back to rebound even though they go smaller than most front lines 
this Boston front line goes bigger than most modern front lines. Um, you know, particularly when they're playing two of their guys together, who in your view is PJ guarding from the start of the game? Is it Tatum? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Jason Tatum, but the thing is, is this is a team where I think you can get away with soft switching in a lot of ways, or at least switching in general, because uh, they do have two bigs on the front, but they just have a lot of lengthy wings and they match up decently well that you can switch. But I think what we learned last round is that they're not going to be afraid to pull the card out to go to drop. Like that's kind of where I think they are. Uh, and the idea there is I think you want PJ Tucker on Jason Tatum for as long as possible. And the way you do that, yes, Bam's switching out into Tatum and it's a win, but it's also the same stuff we talked about all year with the, the back line changes. PJ Tucker fighting over screens on Jason Tatum is exactly what you want. And if you look back, uh, to the last time Miami played Boston, one of the things they did in that game, uh, they didn't fully go drop in that game, but what they did was they made Bam kind of what they do with Giannis, where they make him the weak side defender, where they don't want him switching up, so they put him on that corner guy. So if Tatum makes a hard drive, if Brown makes a hard right drive, Bam's there, and they're going to force the corner three. Uh, so there's different things they can do, but I do, I do think P.J. is going to be big in terms of just pressuring Tatum if he has the ball in the sands. Greg, um, you know, the, the Bam no ceiling thing, which we gave life to here and the Heat have followed up on, has put these expectations on him to kind of emerge as a dominant force offensively in every series. But there are just some series that are just not fit for that, right? Like just the way that the other team plays and that the Heat play. Like what, what is a reasonable expectation for, I know we know what we're going to get from Bam on defense. I don't want to take it for granted, but I mean, he's the best defender in the league. He's going to show it again this series. When does Bam flop? By the way, like like the this, the crap that Marcus Smart does on a on a you know never. night and night night up never does he ever flop? Have we ever seen Bam I, flop? I ever? don't think I don't think I've ever seen him flop, not even once, which is crazy to think about because I, I think every player you feel like you've seen him do it once, and you're right about Bam and the expectations and. I still like with the no ceiling stuff. I know people say, Oh no, he has the ceiling, which like, I mean, like think about if everybody went around in everybody's lives and said at whatever age Bam is right now, that they, that that was their ceiling. If that was the cap and you had no uh, upside from there, how each of us would feel. So that's BS. Anyway, let me get up off my soapbox. Um, to me, this series is about him uh, at times having to, take the defensive assignment of one of those two of Tatum or of Jalen Brown. I think they're going to need to find ways to uh, get Jimmy off of those guys. Um, and I'm sure uh, we'll figure out like how they can do that creatively. But to me, I I'm not looking for him to have to average 25 and 15 or anything like that. If this team gets to the NBA filing finals, the ceilings that we're shooting for, for Bam Adebayo are right in line with where we're going. Like, I mean, what are we doing? Are we really picking him apart? I can't do that. All right. We're going to get into somebody else here who I, I think most of us are in agreement needs to take a step in this series before we do I want to tell you about the official fantasy sponsor of the five reasons sports network. And that is prizepicks.com. You can download the app. It's easy. It's on the Google play store. It's on the I it's on the iTunes on the app store, download it for free. Use the code five F I V E get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars and you don't need to use it all at once. It's free money guys. Like everybody's like, is this a real deal? It's a real deal. <laughs> they give you the money. You can play the money when you want uh, the flex play 
you can go like sort of a little bit in. I should have done that more recently instead of trying to do these four play picks. Okay. And try to nail them all on a power play, but you can go with a power play as well either way. And of course you can also bet the NHL uh, MLB, any of the other sports MMA, if the, if the NHL is stupid enough to put the Panthers games on the same nights as the heat games this week, God help us all. Uh, you can put Panther players and heat players together if you want. Okay. So go to prizepicks.com or just download the app, use the code five F I V E and get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. All right. I think with bam, I, I think, we all sort of acknowledge what he's going to provide on the defensive end and the offense. When it comes, it comes. You want it to be aggressive when he can be. To me, it's not optional with Tyler Hero in this series. Like this has to be the series. And, and look, the sneer moment and everything else. Uh, I mean, against Boston two years ago. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That was, in a lot of ways, his breakout from a national perspective and it has to come now. It just does. I mean, the first two rounds you got by with him in a lot of ways in the second series, kind of being a decoy, uh, the way that Philadelphia guarded him. I, I, you got to give him credit for that, that they had that much respect for his game and his development that they guarded him the way that they did. But Jimmy needs help. If he's going to win this series, as you mentioned, um, you know, Greg, these games are probably going to be in the 90s, I think. I mean, I, I would bet the unders, okay? I mean, you go to betteredge.com. I'm going to tell you more about that later. I would bet the unders in this series unless unless they put them so low. I mean, I, I this is going to be a grinded out type situation with these teams. They both defend. They both have attention to detail. They're both really well coached. We're going to give Udoka some flowers here at the end. Um, I, I just, you know, Tyler has to be the release valve for this team. It, so it's not all on Jimmy. And, and he's got to find his spots and he's got to find them sooner. And I think to a certain degree, and I'll start with you here, Brady, on this one, I think to a certain degree, Eric has to prioritize him in the sense of, you know, creating those opportunities for him. So maybe it means playing him with different guys. The Oladipo connection with him uh, has been a little shaky at times, um, you know, in terms of them figuring it out. How do they get, how do they free him? Cause I feel like if they free him a little bit, his confidence will come and he'll have a good series and they need a good series from him. Yeah. I think now that they're in the Easter conference finals, he Tyler Hero can't be a decoy. Like they can get by getting to the Easter conference finals, but now that they're here, he has to be utilized in a way where they have to free him up. I think the first thing is, yeah, he gets enough attention where he can get doubled and he can get blitzed. First of all, if Boston begins to do that, they're much better collective team-oriented uh, defense that they can recover very quickly. So if, even if Tyler makes the pass at a quicker speed, they're probably going to recover and you're resetting your offense. I think the first step there is the one way to not get doubled or blitz is you don't come set the screen. Like that's something we talked about for so long with Tyler Hero is can he create offense without a screen coming up? Can he take it in isolation? Can he do those type of things? Not to bring up Peyton Pritchard again, but looking at that last game that they played him, 
he was able to get by Peyton Pritchard a few times. He was able to get to his spots. He was able to do it against Grant Williams, where Grant Williams is a guy, yeah, he's a bigger wing, but if you just get him on his heels a little bit, then Tyler gets into a step back that he did a bunch against Boston in that game. There's openings there. Like, I'm just curious if they open that up a little bit more to just see what he can do, uh, even against a better defense, just without a screen in general. But then there's the element that Alex was touching on before where, yes, I know everybody keeps saying this isn't, uh, I've even talked about this isn't the Milwaukee's a much better matchup for Tyler because of the drop coverage fully throughout the game. Uh, but there's drop coverage in Boston. Like, yeah, they're going to switch guard screens. They're going to switch a lot of that. But if you bring Bam up and out Horford's on them, you're going to have a drop coverage possession. You can flow into it. You can get a two on one, you can get to your mid range. Uh, so there's openings there as well. So I think that's uh, kind of where it starts. And I think the last thing, is something we talked about a little bit at the end of last series when we were talking about him getting blitzed is it's not as much of him seeing two people in the action. It's more about that third guy who comes and hedges over from the corner. Like that's what throws it off because he has no room to operate. Like he, he can't go and try to beat the guy who's blitzing him because if he beats him, there's that third defender hedging. What they kind of started getting into a little bit more was they go empty corner and then it's Tyler. Okay. I can get to my baseline floater if I get by this one defender then that bends the entire defense so I think if there's one thing I'll say that they can kind of get Tyler away from being a decoy and opening things up is they're going to prioritize them in a way to say you have to be a primary scorer here you're going to have to be putting these actions uh and when once he starts doing that you mentioned you said the word release valve he's the release valve getting everybody else going because once that attention starts and not saying okay this guy we just want to get the ball out of his hands and it's okay we have to stop him as a scorer then that opens things up for Jimmy that opens things up for Bam on the roll. So it just feels like hero is kind of the element here, I guess, as an offensive threat. Alex, we, we anticipate Jimmy's going to be their leading scorer, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. no doubt. Okay. Is Tyler going to be second in this series or is it somebody man, else? You hit me with some good questions, man. Um, if yes, I he is. Right now, okay. I like life coming in way stronger <laughs> than me. If I had to guess right now, I would say bam. I would say bam. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's uh, wrong, but that's just my first instinct. That's I, I don't know. A lot of the stuff here with Tyler, though, I will say something I kind of uh, didn't know until I was uh, digging deep on what the Celtics like to do on defense and offense. One of the things I noticed is that they give up some of the most mid-range shots in the league. So the thing is that they're really good defending against it. So they're elite when it comes to giving up low percentage from mid-range but they give up a lot so similar to what the heat do defensively where they give up the most threes but are really good at guarding it that's kind of the celtics uh in the mid-range and they allowed an even higher percentage in the uh, of mid-range shots against the bucks and to me the thing that they were really really good at um during the regular season was guarding against the rim and that kind of softened up versus the bucks maybe it's just a Giannis thing because he's that good but i think uh you know the Heat might be able to get some stuff there when it comes to just being very strong and forceful with switches, whether it's, you know, like I said before, Jimmy coming off as a screener or Tyler, uh, when it comes to getting somebody switched on to him, just kind of making the move quickly, always making the ball move if that's what's going to be the choice there. So between that and specifically the stuff where the Celtics just give up a lot of mid-range looks, those are the types of things where I think Tyler can, can thrive in. And even though, like I said, they're really good at defending it efficiency-wise, he will be able to get some of those looks. And a lot of it will probably come, like Brady was talking about, in some of those uh, drops with some of those bigs. But he needs to be hitting those. Like, if they're not going to – I don't expect him to send uh, a second man 
uh, like the Sixers did because the Celtics are very good, I think, at staying home on their shooters, not giving up. Also, the corner threes, they don't like to to give those up. So Tyler is going to have to really take advantage of the matchups that are in front of him. And I think this is going to be a big, big series for him because, like you mentioned before, Ethan, if he's not giving you that offensive uh, contribution and there's not a second man, then there's no impact, right? Like, because he's not this Lowry-level playmaker. And if the offensive scoring threat isn't there, the playmaking reads are, are probably not going to be there because of how good the Celtics are at sticking home on shooters. So he needs to be – he needs to step up as a scorer and whatever opportunities are given to him in this series. Greg, that's a, that's a pivot here because as we go from the strategy, we go to the future. And, you know, to look at where this team is going – and I, I still feel like to, to stamp himself, even with the season that he had and the fact that we think he's going to be a starter next season and everything else, and he's earned every bit of, of the applause that he's gotten this season for kind of the bounce back, if you want to call it that. I, I just call it continued progression after he kind of stale, you know, stalled a little last year. I don't think he went backwards. I think he stalled a little last year. That's it. Um, but he has to have moments in this playoffs, yeah. right? I, I would say the playoffs tell he seems built for this. Like he wanted, he wanted the road crowds. He has always, uh, he, he hasn't shied away from big moments, big shots. There's no, there's, there's one sequence with bam on the pick and roll in one game that we can look at in, in this, in the Philadelphia series. Other than that, there hasn't been, there's more, there's more, and I'm sure we're going to talk about, there's more Struce moments in the playoffs, uh, you could argue there's been almost as many Vincent moments in the playoffs and that's great for them. And there's been, to be honest, as many Oladipo moments in the playoffs. I know. We and need to so see it, right? Well, not we, I, they don't care about us. I think Pat needs to see it. Ultimately, if you're going to commit these kind of resources like this, it's now, right? Yeah, I mean, a max extension, you can't come off an underwhelming playoff run. It's interesting, though, because there's a couple of things. One, let's not all forget that Tyler Hero um, made Marcus Smart look foolish back in the 2020 Eastern Conference Finals at times. Anyway, I digress. Um, the other part of it is this. It's interesting to see how they manage it if the Heat continue to win. Like if they get through this series and Tyler doesn't have a big series, like what the hell is happening then? And I think that kind of we're all operating under the assumption that there's no way that they can make this run unless Tyler has a signature moment or has a good series or eventually has that uh, moment or moments where he is putting his imprint and you remember it. So maybe that'll be the case, but I think that there's the, another thing that I'm watching in this series, and that's the three-point shooting. When is the water going to rise to the normal level, regress to the mean in a good way, however you want to phrase it? If that happens, the Heat may find themselves with a little bit more breathing room. Maybe it won't, but I just don't expect them to, for like a month, shoot in the sub-20s. So at some point here, I feel like that's going to change, and that could help Tyler in terms of having – to feel like the pressure is on him to come up with this gigantic series to make up for a bad Philly matchup, for instance. Yeah. And I don't think he's played horribly. So I don't, I don't, I mean, although the, the on off numbers would suggest he has. <laughs> so like, I, I, I don't think he's been, we've seen train wrecks for the heat in the playoffs. He hasn't been a train wreck. He just hasn't followed up on the regular season. I mean, 
look, we talk about prize picks all the time. I mean, they've been putting his number at 14 and a half or four, 15 and a half in points. This is a guy who averaged 21 in the regular season. So it, it's not just heat fans paying attention to this there. The projection for what to expect from him has come down. Okay. And you know that, and, and that's kind of where we're at right now. And so, you know, he's got to make that projection go back up, not for prize picks, but <laughs> for his bank account, I think ultimately, and, and for his future in Miami. All right. We got one more segment we're going to get to here. Um, and what I want it to be is this, all right. Who is the X factor? So we've talked about Tyler. We've talked about Bam. We've talked about Jimmy. Could be anybody. Okay. It could be on the coaching staff. It could be a player. Everybody come up with one, do the X factors. And then quickly we'll get to our predictions before we close. Before we do, I want to talk about a new sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And it's called Better Edge. There's an O in it B E T T O R Edge, E D G E. Uh, you can check it out. Just go to the website. Okay. Go to the website, web based app. And essentially what this is, it's different from prize picks, okay? So what this is, is this is a social uh, betting platform, okay? So it's peer-to-peer betting. So unlike, you know, some of the offshores, this is legal, okay? And it's a great way to kind of gamble with your friends, basically. Um, And the other thing you can do is you don't have to go with the line as it exists. Like we talk about, you know, the Heat maybe, I think think they're opening as one-point favorites at home in game one. We'll see if that holds. But if you like the Heat minus seven, you can find somebody on the other side of that on the app to bet it and go about it that way. Uh, you'll get, you'll get better odds on that. Obviously, if you like the heat by seven instead of by one, so check it out, but use this link though. Right. Cause you'll get $20 free better edge. That's B E T T O R E D G E.com backslash number five reasons. Okay. So five reasons, but not spelled out this time, just the number five reasons. So betteredge.com backslash five reasons and you get $20 to just check it out. Uh, We're going to run some contests on there, do all kinds of cool things. And like I said, this is different. This is a gambling app. It's not a fantasy app. Uh, So check it out. It's not even an app. It's a web-based app, but it's more of a social experience uh, than what you'll find on other gambling products. So check it out. Betteredge.com backslash Five reasons. Get your twenty dollars and give it a shot here during uh, this uh, Eastern Conference Finals. All right, let's get to X factors. Uh, you can only have one, okay? So don't take somebody else's. Alex, go first. I'm letting you go first, so you don't say I'm I'm, I'm putting you on the spot at the last minute. And everybody's taking yours. No, you're putting me on the spot because now I have to choose from a big pool of good answers because the heater just so damn deep. And like Brady said, they're probably gonna have to cut some minutes. Uh, or I'm expecting them to uh, because it's the conference finals. And I, I think the Celtics are a team where you're going to have to have a low margin for error, specifically without Kyle. That being said, I think the biggest X factor is Victor Oladipo. And I know it's kind of just been the theme throughout the season, but we've seen it come to fruition at this point. Victor Oladipo has looked like a pretty high level role player for them. And I think in a series where you're going to need to generate a lot of rim pressure, like I was kind of talking about earlier, just being forceful, trying to get to the rim. He is one of those guys who can get downhill for you pretty consistently, even though you're going to be going up against great defenders. Of course, um, he's not somebody who's going to post up small guys like Jimmy and maybe the downhill stuff won't look as good against those guys, you know, great bigs. So that's why I think it could kind of go either way with him. If he looks really good, I think that's huge for the heat. I I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of struggled a little bit this series, because um, like I said, it's going to be a little bit tough, but they need somebody who is willing and able to get to the rim consistently. And he's, they're going to need him to do that. So, you know, the, the Celtics are awesome defending uh, against the rim and give up some of the least rim attempts in the league. 
So Oladipo is going to be a huge part of that and needs to generate rim pressure to kind of bend the heats. I mean, the Celtics defense. Brady? Yeah, we'll say that Victor Oladipo would probably be my first option as well. As I, um, Aside from the rim pressure, I just want to add on and say that I think the other reason to that is with Boston switching, we talk about Tyler maybe trying to get in some isolation possessions. We've seen Victor Oladipo's bag in isolations and the combos and the crossovers and kind of creating – if he can get into that shot creation off these switches, that kind of changes and flattens out Boston's defense in a lot of ways of what they try to want against bigs though, to be honest. I think he could do it against a couple of different positions, but I will say the guy, I think that could be the X factor here. And I think it kind of cancels out what we're saying about cutting back minutes and maybe uh, restricting some of their depth. But I think it's Caleb Martin. I think he could get some valuable minutes in this series uh, I think he fits well with the defensive stuff of just matching up with lengthier wings. I think he can get time on a guy like Jalen Brown. I don't know why, for some reason, he's the guy. I can just really see him trailing all series and kind of just bothering. Uh, because we know, yes, Miami likes to cut off the head of the snake. But when you cut off that second guy like Jalen Brown and Jalen Brown starts to struggle and all of a sudden Tatum's looking for that second guy and Marcus Smart is that guy, Miami could be in a decent spot. So I'm just looking at uh, – I think that he's going to be pressuring a lot defensively, but it's going to come down to kind of him hitting that corner three. And it sounds simple, but if they're able to pull off of him, kind of like Milwaukee was doing to Grant Williams in this game, where they were just kind of leaving him open in the corner. If Caleb Martin doesn't make them respect that corner three enough, then it'll be problematic and they probably can't put him on the floor for long periods of time. But I think he can hit it enough for them to respect it and just to build uh, some type of thing defensively. Cause we can look at, uh, kind of what they want to do shooting-wise against the Celtics defense. But I just can't see them going a Duncan Robinson route if they're going depth because I just don't know if they could put a one-way offensive player out there at this stage. I think they're going to go total defense and just battle it out in a total defensive series in a lot of ways. Uh, That I just kind of see Caleb Martin, he could be an X factor in terms of defensively. You mentioned maybe freeing up Jimmy onto different matchups. That's also a way to do it. Greg? Am I allowed to pick Jimmy? That's such an easy one, right? No, that you're not just... allowed to pick Jimmy. That was yeah. one of the three we discussed. All right. Um, sorry, I'm not paying. This attention. is like Wheel of Fortune when like a letter has been used. You no, it's all it. good. No, I really wasn't gonna pick Jimmy. I was making a joke. This is the dude, y'all. Come on now. This is a Max Struess series. That is the X factor. He can build on what he did in the second round. The Celtics had him. There's pictures of him in a Celtics jersey. So he can make them pay on the Celtics home floor. And I also love the idea of the national media scrambling to try to figure out how they're going to talk about Max Struess when they don't know anything about what he's done all season. His name is Max Struess. And somehow he's dominating Marcus (laughs) Smart and Jalen Brown on switches. So like that sounds like a lot of fun to me. The X factor is Max Struess. Um, And this is the other thing I'm sneaking in here just because – you know, if I've already snuck in this many, it's having game one, game five, and game seven in Miami. Thank you, home court. Well, that will matter. Yeah, uh, Brady, who does who does Max guard? That's a question that I've been who kind of looking at because <laughs> I think because in terms of what the five that are out there today, he guards Grant Williams. But the question becomes if Robert Williams is playing for Grant Williams, are you comfortable enough putting him on a big? Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about that. Maybe they go the Mark the Marcus Smart kind of matchup. I could see that more often than. But then, who does Gabe guard? 
then he would probably have to size up and go to, to Jalen Brown. That's kind of where the issue becomes because and then Jimmy guards one of the because I because I, I have Jimmy starting on Jalen Brown. That's typically what they that's plan, right. That's where I've kind of I I have Jimmy Butler on Brown and PJ on Tatum, but that's right. where it gets a little weird. It, it's possible. Like I don't think it's crazy because they're going to double off anyway. Like yes, it's not in bead level double off, but they're going to double anyway if there's a smaller guy on you. Uh, but that's why I think the element of this there's not going to be a one-on-one matchup at any point in this series. Like they're all going to guard everybody just because they're switching. Uh, but it is interesting because I feel like Struess is the one guy as good. And he's been good defensively. Like this isn't saying that he's a weak defender. And that's why it's just the way these two teams match up. It's just a little different with the way they, they play two bigs. Well, I'm going to go. There's two ways I was going to go here. Max was one of the guys I was considering. Um, and the other guy was going to be Gabe because I think we're taking it a little bit for granted right now because he has performed at a pretty good level, but he's in the Eastern conference finals now. And this was supposed to be Kyle Lowry's time. We saw two years ago, what Kyle did to Boston. He's not the same player anymore, but I mean, he was incredibly impactful and sort of kept Toronto afloat in that entire series. Uh, and we don't know when we're going to see Kyle, or if we're going to see him hundred percent at any point in the series, I was going to go with Gabe. But to me, it comes back to, to this. It's Eric. Um, and, and it's Eric in this sense. I, I have a high regard for what Ime Odoka did this season. I, I thought he should have been a head coach five years ago. Uh, you're talking about somebody from, from the Popovich uh, tree. Uh, those guys have typically, when they've been given decent rosters, they've had success. And uh, I just think, I think the way that he reconfigured this team without a true point guard, uh, playing to their strengths, playing to the wings, playing to the defense, integrating the bigs. I think he's really good, but he hasn't been in an Eastern conference finals as a head coach. Um, Eric Spolster has done this now, you know, we're talking about four times in the big three era twice since. And, you know, he, he knows how to manipulate matchups at this point. I, I felt we've talked about it. I feel like Eric is, we talk about peak LeBron being 2013. I feel like this is peak Spolstra. I think we're seeing it right now in terms of his understanding of this roster where he needs to get to. And I think that's probably good for a game in this series. I, I do. I, we talk about the home court, but I think Eric's ability, uh, you know, to, to kind of, you know, go deeper into his bench, understanding what his players can and can't do. It's just going to be a different experience for Adoka. The, the media pressure is different in this series. Like you say, there's gonna be a lot of people paying attention to the heat that haven't all year. Eric's comfortable with that. Uh, a lot of people are going to be paying attention to Odoka in a way that maybe they weren't all year because maybe they were more fixated on the Nets and the Bucks and the Lakers and the, and the Knicks of all teams. Uh, this is going to be a different experience for him. I, I think having Spolster in that seat in this series matters. Um, and, 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 I, and I think that may be worth a game. And so I'll start here with my picks and I'll, and we'll go around here real quick. Again, our sponsors, you break, we'll fix dot uh, com Eric Rubenstein eight nine five four eight two nine ERIC if you need a personal injury attorney prizepicks.com fantasy use the code five better edge B E T T O R edge.com backslash five reasons for 20 bucks to get started on social gambling. I like the heat in seven. Um you know I it's been five it's been six it's been seven. I do not think this is going to be an easy series for them. I don't I this is this is a very very good team that they're playing uh, that knows what it's like I said knows what its strengths are can get to its strengths. I think they're a tough-minded group. They showed this in the last round but I think I to me Spolster and home court tipped this thing uh, for me and I think in a game seven I, I don't see the heat losing on their home floor in a game seven situation. I, I just don't and I also think 
one of the things that, that you threw out there, Greg, how, how shallow Boston sometimes goes on its bench. I do think they're coming out of a seven game series against Milwaukee. Okay. The net series was quick, but it was, it was, it was a high pressure series, right? It was anticipated. Okay. I, if they go seven with Miami, I will give Miami the edge in a game, particularly if Lowry is okay by then. I will give Lowry and, and okay, the Heat in general and Jimmy Butler and that group and Eric Spolster on their home floor the edge in a game seven. But this series, the Heat are going to sweat in this series uh, for sure, but I like them in seven. Greg? Heat in six. No further comment because – not seven. Come on, y'all. They're going to close them out in Boston and shut all those Boston fans up. I mean, it's that's poetic beauty. Like, that's what we have to aim for. Alex? I mean, it would be awesome if we got the same result as, as Heat Sixers, by the way, because I haven't spoken since then. Uh, but, you know, kind of getting the win on the other franchise's home floor back-to-back like that against the Sixers and the Celtics specifically would be pretty awesome. But I'm leaning Heat in seven. Like, I, I, you know, maybe I'm lacking some guts here, but I do think it's going to be a really tough series. And I, again, just like Ethan said, I would give the Heat the edge in game seven for having that home court advantage. I can't see the Celtics taking that game. I just can't with, with or without Lowry. And I, you know, I have some expectations that Lowry will come back at some point in this series. But uh, maybe that's what's kind of keeping me a little bit uh, more optimistic here. But the one thing that I, I haven't mentioned as far as what I was looking at um, and, and, Leif talked about this earlier, the three-point shooting, right? The Heat in the regular season were the best three-point shooting team in the league, 38%. In the playoffs, they're at 32. The Celtics uh, during the, in the regular season were at just under 36%. It was about 35.5. And in the playoffs, they're at 38. So, you know, they're shooting a lot. You know, they're shooting considerably better than they were in the regular season, whereas the Heat are shooting way worse than they were during the regular season. So, you know, not that that's going to be the most important thing, but that's going to be one of the biggest things I'm looking at. And I think whoever gets the edge there is probably going to win the series. But that being said, Heat in seven. Brady? Yeah, I really hate giving the same answer, (laughs) but I kind of lean Heat in seven as well. Like, I feel like this is going to be a long series. And to both your points, I just think the home court thing is really uh, going to be valuable. Uh, And like we were saying before the show, I think if, not to look ahead even further, but a Warriors matchup. I think a lot of people would be worried about the fact not having home court advantage because we've seen how valuable uh, it can be. But the reason I also think it's going to be a long series is I think there's going to be adjustments. You mentioned coaching. I just think there's, this is going to be an adjustment series where they're just throwing counter punches back and forth. And to look back to last series, I think one of the things we see here is they're not going to let Jimmy Butler tear them apart like Philly did. Like we talked about Doc Rivers saying maybe we have to double him. Udoka's not going to say maybe we have to double him. He's going to double him, and it's not going to be a question just thrown out there in the air. Uh, so I see that being – I could see that very early. Like, I could see them doubling Jimmy before they double Tyler, where they're saying, we're going to test Tyler here at this stage. He's much younger. He's, he's less experienced. We're going to test him and see can he take them to the promised land in terms of – instead of Jimmy Butler on the backside taking them to the promised land. So I think there's going to be counters back and forth. And then it's going to be from trying to free up Jimmy and getting that second guy off of him. So uh, I do lean Heat in seven. Uh, but like I said, I just think the home court, when it all comes down to it, and the fact of you look at even Giannis in, at game seven tonight, like when he, there, there was a minute to go, he head to the bench. He puts his head back. He was because he was losing, but he was tired. And the, by the time Jason Tatum and these guys get to a, 
even a game five, a game six against Miami with going through Milwaukee's defense of them blocking off the rim and then Miami's defense all over the place. They're not going to be energized. I think as we think, I guess, heading into a game seven at home. You know, the comp to me is remembering the way Paul George looked at the end of those series against Miami. And I know this is not a big three Miami team, but you can take lessons from that. He just had nothing left at the end. He, he, and he just had nothing. And, and I think that's what they're going to try to do to them. They know they're going to, they're going to string this thing out. Like it, they are expecting a long series. I think the way that Eric, Eric is, is not expecting a quick series here. And I, that's why I do think he'll save some adjustments in his back pocket, but they will adjust as they go forward. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be a terrific series. And I, I think we talk about all the X factors. There's so many guys that we didn't mention that we could, I think Marcus smarts three point shooting is an X factor. He's extremely streaky, but the heat will let him shoot it. Okay. They always have, uh, they Jalen Brown's performances can go up and down a little bit. We've seen that against Miami. He's a terrific player, but there are some nights that you can make him inefficient. So that's something to watch. So I just think PJ. there's a lot, there's a lot there. What's that? PJ too, I think is a, well, P, PJ guy. also, I mean, PJ's defense on Jason Tatum is something I think we're probably going to be talking about as the series goes on. So there's a lot there. Yeah, and obviously 20 versus the heat for his career, just to throw that out there. And, and obviously the specter of, of Kyle Lowry uh, possibly returning and we'll find out when, all right. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Also make sure you signed up to off the floor. We're running some special contests there as well. Um, you can find that. I'm going to post that on the top of the Twitter feed so that everybody can locate it. Greg Brady and I and Alex will all be here all week. Also post up 5R again with uh, with Royal Shepherd and the crew. And you'll hear some other voices on here over the next week as well as we try to provide you with the most possible coverage. Have a good day. Have a good night. Eastern Conference Finals, Heat Boston, just like 2020, but different. We'll take you through it. Thank you for listening to the 5 on the Floor on the Fire Regional Sports Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.